If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Folks, I have no other word, no other way to describe the folks in the media than to say professional deceivers. That is 100% what we're dealing with, and they are in panic mode. They're in panic mode as we move ever so closer to this election day, which is now less than two weeks away. Now less than two weeks away, November 3rd, of course, Election Day in many senses of the word is already underway. We've gone from a day to practically a month uh, around this country with early voting and so forth, which I mean is is, is fine. But when you factor in the level of deceit, deception, um, and, and what we're dealing with here, it's uh, quite remarkable it's quite remarkable, and we're going to navigate that today. We're going to try to put some context to this. Depending upon what you look at for your news, you're either quite optimistic or completely overwhelmed and on the verge of breaking down, <laughs> breaking down this morning. You know, I, I used to go to the Drudge Report, and I still go to the Drudge Report to look. At, folks, it has gone – the Drudge Report has gone from a – reasonable, actually quite helpful tool to, uh, I mean, really, I would say a pure anti-Trump grouping of of articles now is what the Drudge Report is. So I've had to, you know, look elsewhere, which again, I still, I look to all different sources for information, but you know, trying to find information is quite hard. And I want to actually share that. One of the things I'm Referencing today, pertaining to some uh, Trump comments that if you really want to know what Trump said in its full context, how hard it is to find that on Google and candidly even DuckDuckGo. But we will go through that here on the program today. By the way, welcome to the program. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You can email me your thoughts, your opinions, your adoration and praise will also be accepted at that email. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, live, and of course, uh, home base, the website. The program is streaming as well. I want to talk about a group, a polling group that I had spoken about earlier this week, the Trafalgar Group, the Trafalgar Group. And I think as I talk about this, I want you to think about a question. Um, just put this in your mind, in the back of your mind. I had a, a good friend and I were chatting. By chatting, I mean texting last night, and he was asking, he asked me this question, and I thought it would be something worthwhile discussing on this program today, but he asked, 
do I think that more Republicans will be voting for Biden or do I think that there will be more Democrats um, voting for Trump? Again, will there be more Republicans that actually go into the, you know, the the, the way of John Kasich, uh, the way of uh, some of the other establishment Republicans, the way of the never Trumpers? Will there be more of those folks, or will there be more folks who are blue dog Democrats who've not had a voice candidly in this nation? If you're a Union Democrat, if you're a blue dog or a Reagan Democrat. Um, You've been forgotten. In fact, the Democrat Party admitted several years back that you were no longer part of their their mission. You were no longer part of their base. You just had to either jump on board with them and take them as they were, a group of, well, radical Democratic leaders that's now in control of the Democrat Party, or you don't vote or you, you know, turn to the dark side and vote for the Republican, basically, are the choices that are available. So as we talk about this today, as we talk about polling, as we as we look at um just just the lay of the land here in the final two weeks, you know, we don't talk about polling much until right about now. This is when this is when these things may, and I say may because we're dealing again we're dealing again with uh people who I think sometimes are just inept. I think sometimes are so biased they cannot see the error of their ways, no matter what, uh, no matter what evidence is presented to them, I think some folks, you know, simply don't understand groups of Trump voters and so forth. But to to look at the landscape, and again, this is a, a big country with all sorts of pockets of people around it. But when you think about coast to coast in this country, you look at you look at the different states, regions, types of people in this country. I mean, there's dramatic differences, of course. New York City is dramatically different than a rural community in Iowa or Kansas or what have you. And, but I think sometimes we're tricked into, tricked into ignoring the things that we see right before our very eyes. And the Trafalgar group, who we talked about recently, actually, they uh, uh, Mr. Kahaley, Robert Kahaley, was on Hannity last night talking about his polls and why his polls are better than other polls, more accurate. Back in 2016, they were one of the only uh, groups that – in fact, they may have been the only one to predict based upon their polling that Trump would win Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Of course, everyone else said that that was effectively impossible – you know, you go back in time, and I'm as I'm talking about this, I'd forgotten this until I just said that, but you go back in time to 2016, and for those of you who are political nerds, which may involve me from time to time, but you'll remember the night before the election, the night before the election in 2016, that Bill and Hillary Clinton and Barack and Michelle Obama all went, I believe, to Philadelphia. I know it was to the state of Pennsylvania, but I think it was specifically – to, uh, to to Philadelphia, and the reason was because Philadelphia, well, Pennsylvania, the whole state, was more competitive than they had ever realized, and they had ever really wanted to admit. And turns out, Trump won the state, which was shocking to them at the time, because of course, the only way Trump could win is if 
an asteroid hits Earth, which apparently is something people are worried about today, an asteroid hitting Earth the day before, after, on Election Day, some such thing, which, of course, um, <laughs> which to many is, I guess, uh, a bit of a prediction of things to come with another four years of Trump, should that be the case. But anyway, anyway, it's not a big asteroid. Just, um, but anyway, there's there's that concern out there as well. But, but back in 16, there were, uh, th- there was this, false sense of security for Hillary Clinton. And if you looked at the polls, they all said this. Now, in hindsight, all these talking heads today, they want us to forget just how wrong they were. They want to explain to us how the polls really weren't wrong. And if you look, they were all within the margin of error and blah, 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 that sort of stuff. But I remember distinctively, in fact, I've got a screenshot of this. I remember the morning of the election, the morning of the election, taking a picture of the predictions on the Huffington Post website. It said Hillary Clinton, and it said the odds of her being president. I don't remember the exact number, but it was like 98 point something percent. President Trump was like 1.6 or 1.2 percent. And I'm sure there's someone out there that's going to say, well, you know, Todd, that is really, they didn't say Trump's odds were zero. So this was the one chance, the one chance that President Trump had to win the election worked out this way. You know, it's it's interesting to me how people think about elections. And you've heard me from time to time uh, talk about this. You know, you, the pundits talk about, you know, when this debate happens tomorrow night, oh man, it's going to, you know, Biden's going to sweep people off their feet and there's going to be massive appeal, uh, ma- a massive Mass exodus from Trump to Biden. Oh, man, tomorrow, then the next day there's a Trump tweet. Now people are going to come back to Trump as though, I mean, folks, we're dealing with, I'm not ignoring the fact that there are people like that, but that is not the vast majority of people. In fact, the vast majority of people see this for what this is. This is an ideological civil war, nonviolent, largely so far, thank God, and hopefully it stays that way, largely nonviolent. I say largely because we do see violence. And we see politically motivated violence in our cities as these cities blaze from time to time. We see that happening. We see people who are prepared, you know, the the city of Chaz, the city of Chaz, for example. Oz told me last night she read an article, Babylon B is quickly becoming one of the favorites around here. But Babylon B had something yesterday that um, I forget exactly the context, but something about uh, they had uh, had made posters for you know travel to Seattle to see the ancient ruins of the great civilization of Chaz and that sort of thing. But we literally had we really literally had a occupation, right? An ocu- it was occupied. It was controlled by insurgents, part of the city of Seattle, violently. In some, I mean, there was violence. You've seen this stuff. I mean, it's not it's not surprising. The media doesn't really spend much time talking about it because that, of course, th- those folks are radical leftists or anarchists. It's interesting. Anarchists, radical leftists on paper should be not the same, but in other ways, they're completely the same person. They just they they just want something other than having to be responsible for themselves. They just want to upset the status quo, that sort of thing. But anyhow, but you look at this, you look at this wide, this, this 
you know, this country that we live in from coast to coast, and you ask yourself, generally speaking, are Republicans more interest are likely to vote for Biden or are Democrats more likely to vote for Trump? Of course, the truth is most Republicans will vote for Trump and most Democrats will will vote for Biden. But we're we're told to believe things. We're told to follow this media narrative. This media narrative that in some instances wants to have us believe that Biden's up over 10 points nationwide, up over 10 points. Does anybody believe that? Does anybody believe on election day it's going to be 55% to 45% or whatever that number turns out to be when you factor in some third-party candidates and that sort of thing? Does anyone really believe that that's where this country is? I I've said and I've been on the record of saying this this you know this is going to come down it's it's obvious it really is obvious all feelings aside you just look at this it's going to come down to key states it's going to come down to Michigan Wisconsin Pennsylvania Florida Minnesota Nevada or as Trump says Nevada New Hampshire I'm probably North Carolina I'm probably skipping a couple of others some would say Texas and Georgia, I don't I don't believe that. Some would throw Arizona in there. I think you could throw Arizona in before those those other two states. But those are the states. If you live here in Indiana, and of course you need to go out and vote, don't that's one of the I think one of the hesitations of of saying that Trump's going to win Indiana. If Trump doesn't win Indiana, then it's going to be a landslide for Biden. Let's put it that way. Likewise, if Biden doesn't win Connecticut, or Massachusetts, or New York, then it's going to be a landslide for Trump. But it's going to come down to these, say, 10 states, and it's going to be close. Now, if all 10 states are close and there's the same victor on one side, be it Biden or Trump, the Electoral College will look lopsided. But it's, again, it's like playing a seven-game series. The World Series just uh, uh, opened up last night. The Los Angeles Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays. I watched a little tiny bit of it. Not a very tiny bit, but nonetheless, started last night. It's a seven-game series. It's theoretically possible for one of the teams to sweep the other four games to nothing, and it looked like, man, they got swept. But they could have been, all all four of those games could have gone to extra innings, and the other team, the team that swept them one by one run, and then the question is, is that, you know, do you call that a dominating series or is that just a very tight competitive series that broke one way for uh, for one team and, of course, the other way for the other team? That's really what we're looking at here. And so I want to look at these Trafalgar Group polls. I want to play a little bit of this interview that Hannity had with the president of um, of Trafalgar Group, Robert Cahaley, and I want you to listen to what he's talking about. I want you to listen listen to how he's talking about why so many of these polls are incorrect because I want to go through if if his predictions are right and they can still change here in the last 2 weeks but Trump Trump's going to win this again. It's going to be tight. It's going to be again close. Trump might he needs 270 electoral votes. Predictions show that based on Trafalgar's numbers, again, not saying that they will be right. I'm just simply saying that they were the most right or among the most right back in 2016. If his numbers are correct, their numbers are correct, then 
Trump will have somewhere in the high 270s to the low 280s. Maybe even if all those states break one way, he may be over 300. He may be over 320, which will look bad on the scorecard. But again, could be a series of tight games, if you will, elections per state, right? If the elections are close, then it'll look, uh, but, but Trump wins everyone or vice versa. Biden wins everyone. This could look much different on the final scorecard, but yet, It could still be a tight election. This will be a tight election. This will be a tight election. So you've got to get out and vote. But but there's no reason to panic. I see see what the media is telling us, but I don't just see what they're telling us. I look at the way in which their their behavior. Folks, they are are freaking out. It is not supposed to be like this. And they're not supposed to be after five years, five years, you could say four or five years, of demonizing, destroying President Trump. There is no way. There is no way that President Trump should be within... He shouldn't be getting one electoral vote in this election. That's the way that they look at this. This, this guy's been impeached. He's you know, he's killed 200 and some thousand people because he's you know, personally brought in COVID. He's been trying to um, you know, be a dictator, a fascist. He's runs concentration camps on the southern border. This is how they talk about this guy. And now you're looking at a situation where he may very well, he may very well win this election. They're beside themselves, I'm telling you, and it's only going to get worse. So buckle up, and this debate tomorrow night is going to be one of those instances where this will get more heated and more intense. And we'll talk about these things as the program comes together. Got to take a time out. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. Now, those of you that listen to this program, you know that what elects a president are things called electoral votes, the electoral college. They're the ones who actually cast the electoral votes. Now, there are rules uh, for that, and the electoral college vote is determined by the vote within each particular state and the District of Columbia, which I don't want to talk about that. That's a whole other topic to begin with, um, electoral vote, whatever. But I don't want to get into that. I want to get into these polls for the Trafalgar Group. Now, as I look at this map, as I look at the map in this country of all 50 states or 57 if you're an Obama supporter and the District of Columbia here, when I look at this, I mean it's – look, anything can happen – Anything can happen. But when I look at the states that both sides should win um, pretty, I don't want to say easily, because there are certainly states that could flip. Some of these uh, some of these states will be closer than we expect. Some of these states will be blowouts, and there's no chance uh, for one candidate. There's no you know legitimate chance for one candidate to win one state or another. But when I look at this, And again, this is not written in stone. There's a reason we have elections. Those votes need to be counted to to determine this. But just looking at what I know about the states and where they poll and how they voted in the past and just issues that matter regionally in this country, it appears to me that the Democrats are probably going to get – Biden, I should say, would get – 
at least around 212 electoral votes. That's my guesstimate. And, and Trump's going to get at least around 205, meaning that's kind of the floor for each one of these. Now, a couple of those states could flip. But again, that would include – could Colorado flip, for example? That That's an example of a state that I'm, I'm counting, uh, unfortunately, for – for Biden. I don't want to get too much in the weeds here, but basically that leaves nine states that are up for grabs. Nevada, Nevada or Nevada, Arizona, Minnesota. Yes, Minnesota. I'm telling you, Minnesota is a state. Minnesota is a state that uh, could play a very, very critical role, especially if Trump wins that. I'm reminded of the 1984 map of the United States based upon who won which state. And the whole state was red in 1984 for Ronald Reagan, except Minnesota, which is, of course, the state that Robert, uh, that, uh, uh, boy, just uh, completely drew a blank. Walter Mondale, there we go, won his home state back in 84. But other than that, the rest of the country voted for Reagan, which is an incredible feat if you think about it. But anyhow, so Minnesota, Wisconsin is another, Michigan, Pennsylvania, I think New Hampshire, North Carolina, and Florida. So if we look at what the Trafalgar polls are showing, right now, Wisconsin. Now, again, you look at these things, Nash, or you look at, say, the Real Clear Politics averages or some other mainstream source for polls, you'll find that Trump is trailing in pretty much all those states from, from their polling. I, I think it is all those states as I'm looking here. I don't know about North Carolina. But if you look at the polls, according to Trafalgar Group polls, they say these states are all very close. Wisconsin, they have Biden up by 1.3% right now. So if we give that to Biden, just for the sake of, of discussion here, Trump, believe it or not, is up in Michigan, according to their polling, but very, very slightly by 0.6%. Now, these are all within the margin of error. So you can see what I'm saying as far as if all these states trend one direction or the other, it can move the electoral college numbers really far one direction. It can skew them one, one way or the other. Now, Trafalgar has Trump up 2.3% in the state of Florida, which is important. That's a big state. That's 29 electoral votes. They have Biden ahead in Pennsylvania by 2.3%. Again, still a winnable state. In fact, I think actually, now that I say that, I think their latest poll, they just released one that had him back at one, uh, Biden just has a 1.1% lead in in, in Pennsylvania. You have Arizona up, Trump's up four points there. Minnesota is literally a a statistical dead heat. It's within like a, you know, 0.3 or 4% as well. So that's anybody's guess. But they also have Trump up in North Carolina. The point is, if Trump wins Florida, North Carolina, Michigan, and Arizona, which is you know what the prediction from Trafalgar Group is, that wins him the election. He no longer has to win Minnesota. He no longer has to win Wisconsin. He no longer has to win Pennsylvania. He no longer has to win New Hampshire. He no longer has to win Nevada, which I believe Trafalgar may – I have to check on this, but I think Trump may be – potentially winning i need to check on that one i'm not sure but maybe in nevada that's another close one but the point is if you watch the mainstream media today the story is pretty much how bad will trump lose but these polls these polls have some inherent problems and so i want to play this soundbite which i was hoping to get to this segment but i want to hear i want you to hear the explanation 
given by Robert Cahaley, who's the president of Trafalgar. I want you to hear his explanation for what is actually going on with the polls. And of course, there's biased polls. There's there's polls that are meant to dissuade people from voting. I mean, there, there's literally... Folks, again, I start off the program, professional deceivers. There are professional deceivers in the industry of, of media, a lot of them. In fact, with the notable few exceptions, journalism is is dead. It is. With notable few exceptions, journalism is dead. And the same I would say is true for polling. Polling is used as a tool, as an instrument, and they have nefarious purposes for this. In fact, I would say that we have to think ahead here, and we have to look at what it's going to look like should Trump actually win those states I just mentioned, and should the rest of the map hold for Trump as I think that it will. If that's the case, they've laid the groundwork to say that Trump has colluded yet again to steal an election. He's interfered and created numbers because what the polls are showing versus what the actual results of the election are showing indicate that there's some discrepancies and some disparities. Ergo, Trump must have colluded with somebody, Russia, Ukraine, the Chinese, the asteroid, who knows, colluded with somebody to steal the election from uh, from this time, Vice President, former Vice President Joe Biden. Just get ready for this. Pre- prepare for potential lawsuits. Prepare for votes to be counted days and weeks later. This is all possible. That's why this vote, by the way, Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation vote will be held on Monday. That's why this needs to um, – she needs to be confirmed. This may – this may actually – not sure where that sound came from. This may actually be uh, going to the Supreme Court. Who knows? Who knows? And by the way, the vote is Monday for Amy Coney Barrett. Don't, I mean, we can't celebrate quite yet because there's a lot of time. This is an eternity in politics. I don't put anything past these folks to try to do something here in the days leading up to her confirmation on, on Tuesday, on Monday. Got to take a break. Come back and play the soundbite. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So let's play a bit of this. Talking with Oz here behind the scenes. Asked her the question, are there going to be more Republicans voting for Biden or more Democrats voting for Trump. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I have some thoughts on that. But let's play. This is Hannity interviewing last night um, Robert Cahaley, the president of Trafalgar Group. And I want you to hear his explanation. Hannity asks him, what are you seeing that other pollsters are not seeing? Because, again, when you look at the national average of polls across this country – at realclearpolitics.com, it's something like plus nine for Biden, something like that. I don't know. It changes from day to day based upon what polls they pull in there. But basically, Biden up close to 10, close to 10 points. Some polls show Biden up 14 points, again, nationally. But we don't elect a president nationally. We elect a president through 50 state elections plus the District of Columbia's election. So that being said, let's listen to what Robert Cahaley has to say about 
polling and why methodology matters. Here you go. Thank you, Sean. What we've noticed is that these polls are predominantly missing the, you know, the hidden Trump vote, that what referred to as the shy Trump voter. There is a clear feeling among conservatives and people that are for the president that, that they're not interested in sharing their opinions uh, so readily on the telephone. We've seen people be uh, beat up, harassed, doxxed, uh, have their houses uh, torn up because they express political opinions that are not in line with, with you know, the political correct, politically correct establishment. And so these, and so these people are, are a lot less hesitant, I mean, are more hesitant to not participate in polls. So if you're not compensating for this, if you're, if you're not trying to give them a poll that they can participate in with a lower threshold that would make them feel more comfortable that it's anonymous, you're not going to get honest answers. Okay, that's that's an important factor. I mean, you look around the landscape. Now, I know that there's a lot of people who are loud and proud for Trump. God bless those folks. I'm happy. That's great. I see Trump parades all around, all around here lately where I live, all around the country. Trump parades being organized by all sorts of people. You see boat parades. You see, I mean, anything you can imagine you see for Trump. And there's, I, I would maintain more energy. There was a lot of energy and excitement for Trump in uh, 2016, but there's even, I think, more now in 2020. I think more. I think people have seen it. They see what we're fighting against. They see what is at stake. They see that one party is truly the antithesis, unfortunately, of our founding principles. They see what's hanging in the balance. They hear things like Green New Deal. They hear things like, you know, increased taxes repeal Trump tax cuts. They see Biden's top income tax based upon what we can put together and ascertain tells us that he's going to have a 62% top income tax bracket. That is not good. You look at all these things, you hear about national mask mandates, you hear about national you know, shutdowns, which Harris-Biden campaign has, has talked about in the past. These are critically important issues. How are businesses supposed to survive? You look at what's happened in some of these liberal cities, liberal states, states run by radical leftists. Michigan, for example. Michigan, I don't know if you saw the ad that pretends to show you some struggling bar owner that's actually a millionaire, uh, which I got nothing against millionaires, but he's a millionaire donor to the Democrat Party, acting as though... Trump's the one that caused his bar problems in Michigan because of coronavirus, ignoring the reality and the fact that the main reason he's struggling with his bar is because of what's happened with Governor Whitmer's insane totalitarian shutdown response and reaction. There's a lot hanging in the balance here. And so there's two diametrically opposed worldviews. And by the way, if you show support for Trump or for the worldview that's not led by Biden, that's not endorsed by Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, I referenced yesterday the moment on the hot mic where they were criticizing the flyover, how much money that cost at the whatever it was, the Chiefs and whoever they played football game, which I know none of you probably watched anyway. I just saw it on 
I don't know, somewhere online. And then Aikman says that won't happen. By the way, Aikman said it won't happen in a Harris-Biden administration. He actually said Harris-Biden, <laughs> which I find I find so rich and entertaining, I can't even explain to you. Even they refer to it themselves as a Harris-Biden administration. So point being, point being, there's so much hatred, animosity, and on on the one side. Now, I'm not saying there's none on the other side. I'm, I know that it takes, in many instances, two to tango. But there's clear. It is clear where where the violence stems from, and where the the the, the radical uh, implementation of said violence in everyday life is coming from. It's coming from the likes of Antifa. And so this scares some people. Some people say, "Look, I don't want to put a Trump sign up. I don't want to wear a." Trump t-shirt, a Trump hat, a MAGA this, a Trump flag that, and I'm not doing any of that. In fact, if someone calls me to ask me who I'm voting for, I think I think he says somewhere else in this interview, it was something like 10%, 10% of Trump voters, it's something like that. I may be, that may not be correct. But 10% of Trump voters are not open Trump voters. And so he's saying they're being, they're being, um, they're being persuaded or they're being intimidated, I guess, by the pollsters. And so they're not responding affirmatively. And so there's doubt and question as to really what they're telling the pollsters. And Robert Cahaley says that there's some ways to get around this. And they've, I think I've mentioned before, they've asked the question of who's your neighbor supporting. And that's where you see a flip in polls in some instances. In fact, I think I saw a 10-point flip. And the theory is that the reason that's the case is because that's really where people are saying what they they want their their neighbor to do, which is what they're really going to do, which is vote for Trump. So anyway, that's the lay of the land here. So again, I'm going to talk about when we get back. Ask yourself this question again. Are more Republicans going to vote for Biden or are more Democrats going to vote for Trump? I've got some thoughts on this. There's some data I think the data shows 11% of Democrat, excuse me, 11% of Republicans will vote for Biden, 8% of Democrats will vote for Trump. I want to talk about that when we get back. I'm not saying that's correct. In fact, I don't think that's correct. I want to explain why, and I want to explain why this could be really, really good news for Trump. On the other side of this break, sit tight. We'll be back in just a minute. amazed i am amazed as we address this question will more democrats vote for trump or more republicans for biden i'm amazed at how people can be so easily convinced so easily convinced to be to believe something that contradicts what they've experienced personally i'm not saying that that's never possible i'm simply saying how easy it is to convince people because what are polls folks polls are uh, nothing more. If you look at the number of people that are polled, it's usually somewhere around a thousand. It could be several hundred. It could be closer to two thousand, but it's not one hundred and fifty thousand people or some such things. These are these are small numbers of people. Focus groups are used. Focus groups are even smaller numbers of people. So you can. These are things you can do. I mean, you can't run a poll specific. I guess you could. But I mean, you you can ask people, you can engage in conversation. It's it's not unlike what they're doing now. 
they have tools to get people from a wider you know range of backgrounds and make sure that different groups and segments are included proportionally and all this sort of stuff that's where methodology and assumptions come in how many of those people that think similarly to that are going to be voting and and that sort of thing but i think of it like this when i look at this election i certainly know that there will be republicans that vote for biden and there will be democrats that vote for trump that's i think clearly the case and in fact maybe even larger in larger numbers than maybe we're used to but i'll tell you there's another group and i told oz this during the one of the breaks but there's there's the group of people like ben shapiro and and glenn beck who didn't vote for trump in 16 who now say they're going to so what about those folks what about those folks but i have a theory that says this i think the blue dog democrat the reagan democrat these are democrats that exist I, I was I was raised in a union Democrat home, so I'm quite familiar. These are people that I mean have conservative values, but are Democrat because they have been convinced that Democrats look out for the working man, and Republicans only care about the wealthy businessman, or prepared to allow the wealthy businessman to exploit the working class, and so that's why they. They vote for Democrats. It's a single-issue voter. I'm telling you, folks, it is a single-issue voter because a lot of these folks are pro-free speech. They're pro-Second Amendment. They're pro-life. They're not uh, They're not falling in line with these other liberal, these other liberal issues. And, but they're union Democrats because of that issue. Trump has a way of connecting with them. And, folks, where do those folks live in higher proportion? The states of Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, maybe even into Minnesota, the Rust Belt. So you got to just ask, you got to ask yourself: On top of will Republicans vote for Biden or Democrats for Trump? Where are they? I think the Republicans that'll vote for Biden are predominantly going to be in states that are already blue: Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, etc. I don't know. I mean, I'm, surely there's some there's folks here that fit that that mold that'll vote for Trump or vote for Biden that are Republicans in Indiana, but I don't think that that's going to make any noticeable difference whatsoever in this part of the country. And that, my friends, is what matters the most. That's what matters the most. And so this, I think, again, is good news for Trump. Got to take a break. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Bottom line is, folks, bottom line is no matter what the media tells you, no matter how much they freak out, act like this is over, this in many ways is a repeat of 2016. I'm not predicting. I don't predict this stuff. I think I think it's it's a fool's game to try to predict an election based upon voters who may decide to choose a president based upon their favorite color, where they prefer to have their lunches, that sort of thing. So, but I will say this. I will say this. There are there's a lot to be optimistic about. I like the way this is shaping up. I do. I really do. It doesn't mean it's a, it's a guaranteed victory, but this there's a lot of good news on the horizon for Trump and they do not want you to see this. That's why this debate will matter tomorrow night, but I've got to go. We'll talk about that later. Guys, have a great day. See you tomorrow. SDG, take care.